MSP Marketing in Bite-Sized Bits. It's easier than you think with MKLink. To get more of MKLink's MSP, MBA, Marketing and IT training resources, make sure that you've registered for your account for free now at www.mklink.org. Copywriting for MSPs, Part 11. Last time we were rounding off the interest and desire parts of the sales letter for MSPs, and now I'd like to start at looking at the action part of the model. The action part of the model is where you're going to be asking your prospect to buy from you, or at least register their interest in some way. And on a web page, this is typically the bit at the bottom where you'll see all the glossy buttons and often there's a few testimonials sprinkled around as well. Now, to be clear, there's no rule that says there should only be one call to action at the bottom. And just as a good salesman asks for the order several times and in several different ways, and they're called pre-closes, so should your sales copy. And you can have these trial closes embedded throughout the copy. Some people don't want to read all the text all the way to the end. So let them buy or take action sooner if they're impatient. So you can have multiple calls to action throughout your copy, which can appeal to those people that just want to buy or register, but they can't be bothered to wade through all those pages of text. And that could mean for an online shop, maybe selling laptops, you could have several buy now buttons embedded on the page. Or if you're asking people to register for a webinar about cybersecurity, for example, you could say register now in one place and then later on reserve your spot in another place further down. Now, these multiple calls to actions can look different with different buttons or different colors or different images, or they can have the words of the call to action say different things. And that's important because each one of these calls to actions might trigger your prospect to take that particular call to action because they responded to that particular wording or the color of that particular button. Who knows? Also, simply having the call to action repeated multiple times throughout your copy reinforces the point that there is, in fact, a call to be action to be taken. However, please note that whilst multiple calls to actions can be different throughout your copy, you should definitely limit the actual choices that your prospect has. And I say that because research on consumer behaviour suggests that too many options can in fact be demotivating. And in an experiment, when consumers were given a choice between two packs of gum priced the same, only 46% of them made a purchase. But when the same packs were priced differently, the purchase rate jumped to over 77%. And that indicates that while too many choices can lead to decision paralysis, having distinct options, even with slight variations, can encourage consumers to make a decision. So the key takeaway here is that offering options might be beneficial, but they should certainly be distinct enough to facilitate decision making. Now, this is nothing new. And in fact, you can see the same advice being given nearly a 100 years ago. You could do worse than read the Robert Collier letter book, which, which at the time in the 30s was seminal work in the field. So in short, too many options actually reduce the number of sales. So be careful when offering people choice. And that brings me on to a note about creating a linear path. In particular, on websites, remove all unnecessary distractions that might get in the way of a sale. And that's things like banners and ads and outbound links. And in fact, any other navigation that is unnecessary. I'm aware you might legally have to include a privacy policy or a cookie policy, but for landing pages, you should aim to trim everything right back to the legal minimum. If you have to have a link to an external website, make it invoke a new window so that you don't have to lose the reader, or likely as not, they won't come back. If something needs explaining, use a little hover pop-up or an alt tag or something so that the explanation is in the same place and the reader doesn't have to leave the spot and go to another information. I keep your meta information in line. And I think that for similar reasons, 
reasons. When you're running ads on platforms like Meta or LinkedIn, whenever those ads are in line, the response rate is usually much higher than if you're trying to take people off-site or off the platform to another website. So in those instances, keep your form registrations native to the platform if all you want are contact details. I appreciate that for selling products, you might be forced to go to an external website, but if it's just contact details, keep them native to the platform. As an aside, I think I mentioned this in an earlier episode, I suggest that you don't tell people to do things, that you suggest it to them. Ask questions that make them come up with their own conclusions. They trust in themselves more than they'll ever trust in you, so let them sell themselves. Let's look at a couple of examples where the MSP is trying to encourage their prospect to try a free email vulnerability scan. The first example could be something with a direct approach like protect your business emails from threats with our email security checking service. It's a straightforward solution for safeguarding against cyber threats. And that version tells the reader what the service does and what to do next. So it's not the worst example in the world, but it could be better. Asking a question like, when was the last time you assessed the security of your business emails? And then perhaps you could follow up by asking whether they consider using 60 seconds to check their email for free is time well invested. means that they'll be thinking in terms of their beliefs and their values rather than being forced to accept yours. And in terms of suggestive questions, using suggestive question is an extension of the last idea. So rather than asking a question like, do you think checking your email security is time well spent? You can ask something suggestive like, would you be brave enough to ask for a pay rise if you saved your company from an email breach or something like that? So here's a quick note about asking how serious people are, either directly or indirectly. So once again, using questions helps the prospect think in terms of what they want to do. It's also useful as part of a qualification process higher up the sales funnel. Asking someone how serious they are about solving their particular issue requires that they affirm and confirm if they are interested, i.e. earlier on in the sales copy, and then they'll hopefully be more likely to commit to it because it's been declared. You can do this directly or indirectly. So for an example of doing it directly, during a conversation with a prospect face-to-face, a question posed earlier on along the lines of, how seriously do you want to protect your company's emails, followed by a pause, can work wonders. An indirect approach, possibly via a statement, could be, Depending on how committed you are to securing your emails and how many staff you have, we can offer different levels of services and resources to suit you. So to be clear, the point here is to make your prospects cement in their own head that they have a need and hopefully declare that they're engaged and committed. Now, obviously, with a call to action at some point, it's going to mean that people have to invest time and money and resources. And so in terms of that, we'll be looking at assuming the sale and reframing time and reframing money and when to introduce time and when to introduce money into your call to action next time. MSP Marketing in Bite Size Bits. It's easier than you think with MK Link. To get more of MK Link's MSP, MBA, Marketing and IT training resources, make sure that you've registered for your account for free now at www.mklink.org.